Morning all, it is Wednesday, September 28, Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. And a very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening as we count down to Sunday evening, Penrith and Parramatta. The teams are out as well. And Nathan Brown back in the 17 for the Eels for the first time since round 17, July 9, when Parramatta incidentally beat the Tigers 28-20. Last night, the Opals... They won, they beat Japan and ended up, because Serbia did us a solid beating France, they've ended up finishing top of their group at the World Cup. So we will play Belgium in a quarterfinal tomorrow night and then play, if we win, the winner of France and China. What about the stink between the two Oof. Mali girls here yesterday at a news conference? A couple of teammates getting stuck into it and the governing body FIBA is investigating and we've got an outrage with the French very elegant as it stands. Our champion mayor is not in the Arc de Triomphe field and they won't be extending the field beyond 20. And the French handicappers have her 22nd in the ratings as it stands at the moment. Ooh. Different jurisdictions, different methods, but we're off the French. Morning, pup. Morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. Jeez. You were supposed to smooth things over over there. I smoothed a few things over. Uh, nothing for very elegant. Oh, you know what? Oh, I'm disappointed for it, but I, I actually think, well, that's the rules. Different country. It should be the same. I don't think we're strict enough in this country with those types of things. I think we're very open and flexible and easygoing around others coming to Australia and us just sort of accepting whatever or lay it on, lay it on for them. And, and I'm not just talking about sport. I reckon we need to be more disciplined here to say this is if you, you, everyone's welcome to this country, but these are the rules here. So, oh, yeah, oh, I get it, Mido. I'm disappointed, but can accept it. Um, I'm not. I'm blowing up. Loz, what, what's your thoughts on um, this 17 for Para? Um, are you surprised? Can't write out. No. No, I'm not. I, you thought? Well, that, I, I would have went with him as a replacement for for Jake. I would have put Jake Arthur out of the and Cartwright and in. Cartwright in. Um, but I understand his point. He's saying that they needed a seven, six, or a nine, someone just to cover. in case. Yep. And he's the fittest guy out of all of them. Yep. Jake. So if they have to get him into dummy half, he'll be able to get to every ruck. His service yeah, won't okay. drop off. Yeah. And remember last year they had to put Ray Stone in there. And Ray Stone, towards the end, I think he made a couple of sloppy passes out of dummy half, just through fatigue. He just couldn't do mm. that effort on effort on effort, whereas you know Jake can do that. So I think that's one of the reasons. Okay. So I, I, I accept that. I, I like Nathan Brown. Being in the, the 17. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. think it's a brave selection. What's the, what's the talk? I remember a couple of months ago it come up, but what's the talk about the rift between Brown oh, It's a so-called and... rift between... Why, because Arthur dropped him? Or... We dropped him and told him that he could move on. But, oh, okay, season. so he didn't re-sign him. we still got to think a year to go. Yeah, okay. But they've told him... You can look you somewhere can, else. You can look somewhere else. And it just so happened that he broke his thumb in round 17 against the oh, Tigers. gotcha. He was out for six weeks, hasn't been able to get back into the side yeah, okay. since. So... There's conspiracy theories. Brad was a bit peed off, wasn't he, when he was oh, asked yeah, about yeah. it? He's and had to put up a lot. Yeah, I agree. You know what, lot, Brad Arthur? I, I think agree. He's handled himself well. I, I'm surprised that volcano hasn't erupted well before this. I, I reckon Brad Arthur has copped so much criticism. Like again, when are the Dally M's tonight? 
Mate, Brad Arthur's got to be in contention for Coach of the Year. His team's in the grand final. Him or Ivan Cleary, in my opinion, have to be the winner of Coach of the Year needs to come from this grand final. Brad Arthur's copped probably more criticism than Madge. Madge got sacked. Mm. Oh, he's done a, <laughs> it's he's unbelievable. Done a remarkable job. And talking about Coach of the Year, you're right. I mean, Ivan Isn't Cleary, what, what he's been is? able to do Ivan Cleary, freak. is is massive as Freakish. Well. So just because he's expected to get to a grand final I doesn't agree. mean it's any I agree. Uh, less difficult. And isn't isn't that your job as a coach, to get to the grand final and, and to win? So if you're doing that, what yeah. more can you do as a coach? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> I, I think both of them would be in the conversation or should be in the conversation for coach of the year. Um, but, look, this is the way Parramatta have gone the majority of the year. Um, it's the, uh, the, the combination that they feel best will upset Parramatta, and they are a massive hope. I mean, Penrith are going to be extremely difficult to beat because they've been so consistent, and they're around that eight every week. You know, you know what you're going to get from them. But if Parramatta can produce their best, as I said all year, I think they've got – well, I know they've got the football in them to beat Penrith. I hope I'm wrong because I would love nothing more than to see – Para win, and that's nothing against the Panthers. Panthers deserve to, mm. to be there and, and to go on and win. My fear is this could be a little bit like the AFL grand final. Really? That's my fear. I want to be wrong. I really want to be wrong. I'd yeah. love to see. If, I'd love to see Para play their best footy because then we have we have an absolute cracker of a game. But I fear Penrith are ready. They're so ready, mate. You can just see. Mm. You watch them. You hear them talk. They're not spruiking, but you can just see they are primed. Yeah, I, I, I think Parramatta um, will be ready. Okay. I, I, I think I, I think Parramatta I will right. give it their best. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they will. You think it'll be I, tight? I, I'm, I'm, I'm ex- Look, if I, if I trusted Parramatta to turn up with their best, yeah. I, I, I'd tip them. Yeah. You just I, don't know, just don't know I just don't know whether I can trust them. So I'm unsure of who. Mm. But I, I, I know their game worries Penrith. Yeah, okay. Well, they've beaten them as well, haven't they? Twice this year. So that's got to do their confidence well. And I know that there might be a million reasons. Yeah, it doesn't exactly matter. Right. It might be a lot of excuses, it does, but they've beaten them twice. It doesn't matter. That's I think exactly in right. that change in your room. Mind, in your mind, you know you've yeah. beaten them twice. Yeah, and that's you can say, matters. mate, put doesn't matter what field, you, yeah. I think doesn't matter what I agree. anyone else thinks outside that room. They know they've beaten them twice. That, and that's what I'd be saying. If I, was, if I was Gutho in that change room or Brad Arthur, I'd be screaming that at my players every single day. And just the adjustment from Brad Arthur as coach, I mean, in the week one of the finals, 27 to 8, Nathan Cleary kicked them to death. So what do you do? You bring in Nathan Brown, someone who's going to be an agitator, who's going to be in his face all night. Well, for me, with the three middles they got, I think I said yesterday, two things they, they have to do well that are just non-negotiable if they're going to win the grand final. They are going to have to kick pressure at Nathan Cleary. And by having three middles on the bench, it allows them to do that. So that's just as valuable as carrying the ball hard and not missing any tackles as far as I'm concerned. Kick pressure. And the other thing they have to do really well is their yardage defence. And by that, they, they, how, they, how they tackle and how they stop the momentum of the back five at Penrith. Mm. They're two big things that you're focusing on all week. And that is just a massive component of this game on the weekend to stopping Penrith. Just uh, those teams again. So as we mentioned off the top, so Nathan Brown named on the bench for Parramatta and uh, Bryce Cartwright's 18th man, Tom Apachik, not in the 17 uh, due to that hamstring injury. 
So Bailey Simonson stays at centre. Wonga Blake stays uh, at the wing. Jake Arthur remains on the bench. For Penrith, Taylor May fails to overcome his hamstring injury. So Charlie Staines remains on the wing. And they have 13 of the 17, the Panthers, that played in the grand final against South last year. Uh, the four that didn't, Staines, Isaac Tango, Mitch Kenny, and Jamin Semin. The referee, Clarky. Oh, I did see that. Ash. Ash, the referee. A-Klein will referee. <sighs> and he refed uh, the 2018 grand final. Yeah. That's when we had two You know referees. what? Good on him. Good on him. Congratulations to him. Um, huge honour, I'm sure. But, yeah. Oh, dear. I don't know. I, can't, I just can't get. What, what happens in this game? If there's a head eye early on, mm. we're going to see six, seven blows get sent off. Oh. Yeah, anyway, that's uh, that's in the past. I hope it's an awesome grand final. I'm pumped. I can't wait. I'm actually going to my mate's house. He's putting on a bit of a do. Um, so I'm going to, um, with the public holiday Monday. Set up camp. Matt, I'm going to have a belter. I can't wait. And well, I, I really hope, too. Loz, that you were yeah, no, I think spot will, on. I, I hope I it's a cracker game. I, I think both clubs, you know, that rivalry yeah. is there. I think Parramatta, you know, in the back of their minds, they know they can win. Yeah. They, they're, going, they're going in confident. They're not going in hoping or thinking. Yeah. They, they know they can. And, and Penrith yeah. are in the same boat. So you'll have a cracking contest. I'm looking forward to seeing Mitch Moses as well this weekend. I, I feel like last weekend he had so much on his plate. Uh, this week, I reckon his mind will be a lot clearer. Yeah. And, and I reckon, well, he obviously needs to be at his best for Parrot have a chance. But I think we might get to see a, a real glimpse of... Mitch Moses at his absolute best. Well, he'll need to be at his best. Yeah. He can't afford a game like last weekend. No, no way. They won't get away with no. that. And I think that might be the game he had to have. Yeah. And the other thing, like you game, said yesterday, he's had his grandmother pass him. away. Yeah. He's yeah. just, he's not there for the birth of his first child. Yeah. He's a lot on his plate. Um, yeah, he'd be more relaxed this weekend. Yeah. He'll, well, he'll, no distractions. Yeah. Less distractions. always something. Yeah. He'll get in trouble for not putting the bins out, I'm sure, on Thursday night. Mm. But less distractions. Um, now, this text, Ty Guys, only way Parramatta will win if it's a wet grand final. Do we know what the weather will be? Asks Reese from Canberra. Reese, the Bureau of Meteorology says on Sunday, a top of 19 degrees, 60% chance of rain, just up to three mils. Who does that so favour? Nothing significant. Oh, yeah. I Who does it favour anyway? Yeah. So it, wet conditions don't help para more than Penrith or dry conditions. Nah, well, not significant I think, enough. I think it, well, I think dry track suits them both. To be okay. perfectly honest, um, Parramatta with the style of footy they play is probably a bit more riskier in the wet. Yeah, okay. Because they like to offload, and if you're offloading in the wet, the ball be a little bit more slippery. What was the chance of rain, Mitter? Did you say sixty uh, percent, but just three mils on Sunday, yeah, Sydney no, Olympic Park? Nothing. No, so that, that shouldn't affect the outcome, the, the weather. Um, Sold out as well. Yeah, it's oh, I'd be disappointed oh, yeah. if it wasn't. Oh, That's awesome. Surely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, boys, is this the first time both sides have a father and son combination on each team in a grand Good final? Call. The Kaima Bulldog, one for the trivia buffs. Good call. You'd have to say it'd have to be close. Surely that's never happened before. Father and son in, in the top grade. Well, Man. I'm just trying to think if of you think father the old... son. So the one I can remember is Johnny Lang, Martin Lang. Who did they play that year? They played the Roosters. So who was the Roosters coach? The Roosters coach, Ricky. Ricky. So he didn't have a son. <laughs> did he knows of? <laughs> <laughs> did I say that out loud? Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, who's some of the other father-son <laughs> rugby league mm. coaches? Shane Oof. Flanagan with Kyle. No, that'd be nah. too early when he won. 
No, that's so, that's someone's going oh, to go deep bus. into the record. Yeah. Someone, will yeah, someone will know. Someone will know. Where's Nicky Boy? He'll know. Panthers 27-12, Edwards man of the match, kick 27. out, Toto, anytime, try scorer, you're welcome. There you go, an early same game, multi-father-son combos in GFs. Bob Fulton was obviously another one, but Scott. didn't play in didn't the 95 play. or right. 6 GF. Loz? Chris Anderson? Yeah, young bloke was... play for Melbourne? Mm. Yeah, no. Or not? Uh, wasn't in the... They didn't play for Canterbury, but I, th- mm. no, I think Matt Guy went to 5-8. I think for Melbourne, I think I think it was Ben Anderson. I think it was Ben. His son was playing and then they might have dropped him before the grand final or in the semis. Mm. Can't remember that one. Yeah. I'll leave that to you. That was 1999. Uh, now, on the back page, and we've got Bulldog coming in this morning. Uh, he's done a story here from hero to homeless. Para great Taylor hits rock bottom before getting his life back together and a uh, pretty emotional story. This, Paul Taylor. Uh, Parramatta fullback there in the 80s, and uh, Bulldog's done a feature story here on, uh, well, uh, his, I guess, well, troubles uh, post his career at one stage, sleeping in parks in the Brisbane CBD and uh, living on very little. And uh, now certainly urging the Eels to give it to the Panthers on Sunday night. So Bulldog coming in, as he always does, on a Wednesday time have we got him today? I think he's after 7 o'clock, yep, in his usual spot after 7 o'clock this morning. Uh, now, we're still going as far as the the alleged sledge is concerned from last Saturday night between Penrith and Souths in the back page of the Telegraph, Ivan Back's trainer in Jed Drama. And, uh, well, Ivan Cleary saying yesterday he thinks it's laughable apart from the defamatory stuff going on. So they're very much supporting trainer Pete Green there, the Panthers, as you'd expect. And on the back page of the Herald, Cartwright plays down alleged sledge from good mate Green. So Jed Cartwright uh, saying that it's been blown out of proportion, that he's good mates with Pete Green. They got on well. Uh, he never said anything about his back. He just said something about the tackle that he made and that they've all moved on. So we can all move on now at, what is it? Wednesday morning, 5.54am. Nothing to see here, but I guess Dad John got a bit fired up in his article, well, in Bulldogs' article yeah, yesterday. Yeah, but again, you know, you, you probably see your son there uh, emotional after a game. You've spoken to him. He believes something happened to him. Um, and then, of course, you, 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 you can go off, and that's exactly what John did. But, you know, they've been uh, in a text exchange. They've worked together previously. They've sorted it all out. I don't think there's any point now in sort of rehashing it. You've just got to move on. Back page also of the Herald. It has nothing to do with his daughter. So Jamin Semin there yesterday uh, as part of the Penrith Media Day naturally asked about uh, the Ricky Stewart weak gutted dog comment from uh, several weeks ago after Penrith played Canberra. He was asked if he was considering legal action. He said definitely. Uh, Then Semin went on to say the whole incident well, it had nothing to do with uh, Stewart's autistic daughter, but he didn't want to comment further. And uh, just, uh, I guess, more wider on Jamin Semin laws. Uh, it was so much debate about Jake Arthur. If Penrith are carrying Semin, why the fuss of Parramatta carrying Jake Arthur? Well, I think with Jamin Semin, he played really well when Cleary and Luai weren't there. And Semin can play in the back row as well. So he can cover a number of positions. And while he hasn't been getting a lot of football, it's worked for, for Penrith. 
and it, and they've they've won. Um, that's the reason why it's not getting bought up. I mean, some teams carry sixteen man bench rotations. Me personally, I like the idea of having seventeen guys that you know you can use at, at some stage. I mean, I. Um, you know, I've been caught out at times having a guy on your bench in origin and not being able to get them on. You know, you carry them there just in case. So sometimes you you carry a bloke just in case something goes wrong with your hooker or halves. But if they don't, it's hard to get them into the game, mm. you know. And, and, and do you trust them to, to get into the game, you know, with 10 to go? So, look, that's Brad's thinking. It's his prerogative. He thinks that's the best way to go. Something may happen to one of the halves or hookers. But as Clarkie said yesterday, if Jake gets out there, is he the guy that's going to, to win you the game or, or, or put you in the position to, to go on and, and win it and be, be competitive? And that'll be the challenge for Jake if he, if he gets on early. Hmm. I think if they lose hooker or either halves, in the, anywhere near the first half, it's game over for Para. Hmm. I, I don't think it matters who goes on to replace one of those three. I just think those three well, and Gutho, like difficult. every team, yeah, their spine is just – they actually need to play at their absolute best to beat Penrith. So if one of them goes down, I reckon they're cooked. Uh, now just and that's me. no disrespect to Jake. No. I think whoever – if it was no. Cartwright, if no. it was Jake, if it's no. whoever goes on, no. I just well, – One thing I, I do want to say on that, though, is it's not nepotism. Like, no, I get this out of your yeah. head that he's just picking. Yeah, yeah that's garbage. That's garbage. Yeah, I agree, Lawson. All right, we can all have a different opinion on who we'd have yeah. on our bench. But he's not and picking him because it's reason. his son. No, I, I, I don't cop that yeah. one bit. That, yeah. That's not the reason he's yeah. picking him. He's got a, a he's got a reason. He's got stole a, reason a player. Stole a player that he wants his that team he to, wants play. to play. Yeah. and that's why he is selected. Him. And it's not the first. It's not like he's brought him from nowhere. He did the exact same yeah. thing last game. Yeah. He didn't get on the field, yeah. but. Yeah, and, and what we're saying... Good on him we, for having we, the courage to go, go his way, else, Brad. But he's backing Yeah, Jake good on him. ...in his mind, because that's the plan he wants to go with. It's not because it's his son. Yep. Uh, back page of the Australian, Edwards edging towards Cup spot. When do we know the World Cup team, Lots? When can we expect uh, to know? We've got a meeting Monday morning at 10 o'clock. Okay. So, yeah, pretty soon. Probably so, Monday evening uh, or Tuesday. I reckon, mate, I think around... Probably lunchtime Monday. Okay. Depending on how long the meeting goes. Five minutes. Done and dusted. How many Tigers oh. players? <laughs> well, it, it's nearly nearly all settled, to be quite honest. A few Tigers boys in there? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's nearly all settled. So yeah. I doubt that whether the meeting will go any longer than an hour. So once we have that meeting, they'll finalise it, mm. get it rubber stamped by the commission, and then they'll probably call a press conference at midday or something like that. Well, Dylan Edwards in the hunt for the Dally M tonight in Sydney as well and uh, edging towards potentially a World Cup spot. We'll know that early next week. Uh, it's about to tick over 6 o'clock and uh, keep those texts coming. Loz has been champed here. Oh, already? Morning, guys. Loz, 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 enough already. <laughs> You've been harping on about the Super Eels all week. Reality is Para's best isn't good enough. Move on, champ. Oh, Pete. 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 early Pete for a champ. Been good enough twice this year, Pete. Been good enough twice this year. I love it. Uh, whether they can do it again, I'm not quite sure. Are you going for para? Are you tipping para? Sounds like you are. Tips tomorrow. Hold five. We'll wait for the big block. He'll change his mind four times between now and tomorrow as well. 
Well, few, few more messages from Pete and you'll be on the Panthers yeah. like you would not believe. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I changed my mind a number of times last weekend with the Parramatta Cowboys game. Mm. And I changed in the right direction because I ended up going with Parramatta. Para. I think no, that's a only good I went with them. the Cowboys. Yeah, that's a good Thanks. victory up there. <laughs> Thankfully, I wasn't financially <laughs> invested. Uh, Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. Uh, just on the text line, morning boys, what a weekend ahead. Epsom Day and the NRL Grand Final on my birthday Sunday. Hurry up, I can taste the first beer now from Duffy, who is Loz's biggest supporter. Of course. Now, uh, also on the text line here, the battler from St. Clair. Haven't heard from him for a while. Uh, morning, boys. Unfortunately, I won't make the luncheon today. Yes, we have the Big Sports Breakfast Grand Final Lunch at Rose Hill Gardens. I'm working in Adelaide. Battler's best today. Rose Hill, race four, number nine. Lukey Luke. Race four, number nine. Lukey Luke. For Gwenda Markwell, Glenn Schofield in the saddle barrier four, $7.50. Lozzie can thank me in the morning. Will be winning, says the battler. Well, last time I saw the battler from St. Clair, he travelled down to Jindabyne when we were there on the Kosciuszko tour. Did he give you a winner? Uh, Somewhere? Anywhere? Geez, I can't remember. I met his lovely partner uh, that night. Um, no, I don't think he did. But he can produce. That's what I love about him. He can produce a winner at times. So I might have to have something on that today. Was it? Lukey Luke, race four, number nine. Lukey Luke. All right. Now, have something on. Also, we've got uh, internal horse racing news as well. Foxy Cleopatra has accepted for a race at Geelong tomorrow. It's also nominated for about 16 other races. Yeah, we'll just see. Loss, you know? we'll just... From the stable. Can you give us something? Anything? Uh, uh, well. We'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow, but it could bypass tomorrow. Oh, shock me. <laughs> to Saturday. <laughs> of course it can. Oh, you're just going to go to Saturday. Just straight into group racing. Well, which Saturday race? Because oh, don't tell me the uh, Edward Menafold, the tab Menifold. Edward Menafold, yep. which yep. is a, obviously yep. a lead up to the yeah, classics. We'll, just, we'll go through the grades. That's all we want to do. Well, really? that's not exactly going through the grades. Well, it is. It's going straight. What is it, a group two? It's uh, going through the fold. Is it listed or is it group race? <laughs> is it raining, though? <laughs> <laughs> is there bindies on the track? Any rain around? Don't uh, get wet? Nah, she's out, mate. She's couch this week. Uh, so I, I, I group two. Yeah, yeah, it's a group yeah, two for the fillies. I, I don't think she'll run tomorrow, although we'll wait and see what the trainer thinks. But uh, if she doesn't run tomorrow, <laughs> Mitter, we're running Saturday and... As I said, we, we'll go through the, the grades. And Pup, pretty mm-hmm. wild. Yeah, I received an email. She's back in the game. Is close to what we're going to be trialling in about a month. Barrier trial or jump out on Melbourne Cup Day. And then she should be racing late November. <laughs> go, girl. In any conditions. She likes the bindies, Loz. Oh, pretty gosh. wild. She doesn't mind a rough track. Yeah. She's not scared of the rain. Doesn't care if it's wet. Oh, that's good. I'm and glad. then loves the sun on her back as well. Everyone loves the sun on she's, their back. She's the all-rounder. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Back We're going to have something to cheer about for the next few years, hopefully. Your horse, my horse. How long? Next couple of years. Uh, one more win. She's coming home with me. Kelsey, she's got till November 16. Oh, Kelsey right, Lee's yeah. birthday party is November 16. One of our horses is he's pony riding. And it pays to follow Dick. What did he give us last week in his best bets for the NFL? Cincinnati. The Bengals to cover the start against the Jets, tick. And the Colts to cover against Kansas City, tick. And we had some uh, texts in from some listeners who would follow Dick. Hello, Dick. You're a hero hey, here this morning. 
Oh, thanks. Let's just hope we can. It's been a good start to the season because I just started my tips with you last week, but I've been going all season long on the on the radio station. And it's been uh, it's been going well so far. Let's see if we can uh, keep things going. Uh, some of the results on the weekend. Let's start with Brady Rogers, and uh, well, uh, on the text line here, LP writes, "Dick, your thoughts on the Brady v. Rogers on Sunday? Green Bay's defense looks like championship caliber. Can they go all the way?" So, fourteen twelve, the Packers over the Bucks. Yeah, I think uh, for folks that have watched Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers for a long time, if they would have, if you would have told them it was going to be fourteen to twelve, I think uh, they probably thought you'd have been nuts. But uh, it's really by virtue of two very good defenses, and also by virtue of so many weapons being out for these guys. I mean, Tom Brady has just been playing with a skeleton wide receiver crew. Uh, same with, uh, you know, not to the same extent Green Bay has had injuries, but Green Bay really has more turnover than they do injuries. You lose Devontae Adams, and Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy that really takes a lot of time developing trust in wide receivers. He might have shown a little bit of trust now in Romeo Dobbs. We'll see if that continues. But uh, Aaron really needs to find a go-to guy. Uh, it may be Dubs now with Christian Watson injured. Uh, I still like the Packers, but uh, that offense, particularly the passing game, is is worrisome a little bit. Uh, at least it probably will keep the Packers from running away in that division. Dick, what about the Buffalo Bills? They suffered their first loss. They did. Um, you know, the Miami Dolphins were completely outplayed in that game. It was one of the crazier games as far as team statistics. I mean, you just look at these stats. I mean, Buffalo had 31 first downs to 15. Buffalo had 497 yards to 212. And my favorite, Buffalo ran 90 plays. Miami ran 39 plays. And somehow, some way, uh, Miami uh, it took home the victory. So uh, just kind of one of those bizarre losses. I don't think we're going to see many uh, with Buffalo this year, although uh, Buffalo does have, uh, you know, some bad injury situations in the, in the secondary. So their defense isn't going to be quite, this, quite the same. Did you think the Vegas Raiders would start the way they have, Dick? I didn't uh, think the Vegas Raiders start, would start the way they had. Uh, they've, had some, uh, they've had some poor luck. Um, they were close in this last game, 24-22 to the, uh, to the Titans, and that's been the story of the Raiders' season thus far. Five-point loss at the Chargers, a very difficult game. The Cardinal game, which they absolutely had won. I mean, that is going to be one that the Raiders look back on, and if they miss the playoffs by one game this year, they are going to look back at that Cardinals game uh, a week ago and said, how did we blow that one? And then another close loss there. But uh, I don't think the Raiders are a bad football team, but... The time is now to get off the schneid for the Raiders because if they go on four, uh, you can pretty much kiss their playoff chances goodbye. Uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, the real deal, you reckon? Yes, uh, they're the real deal. I'm not ready to just anoint them as an NFC superpower, but like we've talked about all season long, guys, who are the NFC superpowers? So I guess I guess somebody has to step up and be the best team in the NFC. And the Philadelphia Eagles have, without question, been the best team in the NFC uh, thus far this season. Now, there are other teams. I mean, Green Bay certainly has an opportunity to take that mantle. Tampa Bay, if they get healthy, has a chance to take that mantle. I think the Rams are still a very good team despite being outscored uh, by nine points thus far in their first three games in their two-and-one start. Uh, there's a handful of teams 
that uh, are looking to be the favorite in the NFC. But uh, the Eagles stand at the top of that list right now. But again, I'm very skeptical of really how great the Eagles are in comparison to some of the, uh, the top-notch teams in the AFC, like the Bills and, and Kansas City, and, and even the, the Chargers, if they can get uh, healthy again. Yeah, you're not the only one. Jono from Mudgee on our text line uh, wondering, uh, well, the people may need to settle down on the Philly hype due to the fact they've only beaten Washington, Detroit, and the Vikings, but they have done it. Pretty impressively. Now, you mentioned yeah. the Chargers, Dick, and uh, we've got some you know, significant quarterbacks with some injury concerns. Mac Jones at New England looks like he'll be out for a period. And, and Justin Herbert, just how hampered is he at the Chargers? That was smashed by Jacksonville. Uh, those of us who have a ticket for $9 for them to win the AFC South, go the Jags. But uh, concerns for the Chargers and the Patriots. Yeah, I think uh, more so... Well, you know, it's, it's tough to say who's the bigger concern because the Patriots aren't a very good offense with Mac Jones. Mm. So I just don't think the drop-off is the, going to be that precipitous uh, from Mac Jones to the backup. Now, the Chargers are done if they don't have Justin Herbert. I mean, the drop-off from Justin Herbert is absolutely massive. He was able to play through 45 passes, threw for nearly 300 yards, wasn't incredibly efficient, uh, six yards per attempt, one touchdown, one interception. So he, he was a very pedestrian quarterback. And really the question on Justin Herbert is, how long will the ribs make him a pedestrian quarterback? And if the, if the answer is only another week or two, then the Chargers are going to be just fine. If the answer is, hey, this is going to be something that's going to linger all season long and we're really not going to see the real Justin Herbert all season, well, then you can kiss the Chargers' chances of the Super Bowl goodbye, and you might even kiss their chances of a playoff berth behind goodbye. I'm still, I'm still a fan of the Chargers. I'm still hot on the Chargers, but I'm also hoping that this injury doesn't last very long because you know my fandom of the Chargers isn't going to last very long if, if Justin Herbert is playing like a league average quarterback. All right, we'll uh, come back and get your bet of the week last. Just a couple of other sports to touch on. Firstly, in the golf, uh, what's been the fallout from the President's Cup and the triumph of the United States? What was Justin Thomas annoyed about as well? You know, the, the President's Cup was a, a completely forgettable event in, in the United States. Uh, it's usually fairly forgettable in, the, in co- comparison to the Ryder Cup simply because just hasn't been as competitive as the Ryder Cup has been. And I think it's at the end of the golf, you know, it's the end of the golf season on off year. People are really paying attention to football. But then when you you have this live controversy, that I think a lot of people are just kind of tired of. Um, I think they watched the end of the golf season and said, we're enough is enough. But uh, the U.S. Uh, was even more dominant, I think, than I even anticipated them them being. Uh, you know, Spieth was fantastic undefeated. Homa was undefeated. Uh, Xander Shoffley played great. Uh, as far as Justin Thomas goes, I, I didn't really look into that. I did see a video of something, but I, I don't have any insight into uh, what Justin Thomas was, uh, was upset about. I apologize. Uh, all good. And in the NBA, describe the fallout, Dick, from the uh, Emade Udoka and the Boston Celtics, the coaching situation there, suspended for the season for an inappropriate relationship with a Celtics staffer. So what happens now at the Celtics? Yeah, this became a massive story this week, guys. Usually uh, the NBA is is asleep in the month of September. I mean, there's no NBA news in September. But this uh, this became, in the middle of NFL season, this became the biggest story for about 48 hours here in the in the news cycle. And you know, there's still a lot of unknowns, guys. Um, the original report was a consensual relationship with a staffer. Uh, that might not seem like a big deal to a lot of people. 
but to the Boston Celtics, it was a big deal. Um, we have had some people that have come out in support of Ime Udoka. For example, Matt Barnes, a uh, former NBA player, came out in, in support on Twitter of Ime Udoka and then withdrew his support and post, uh, deleted it, posted another tweet out and said, hey, when I put this original tweet out, I wasn't aware of all the facts this is a hundred times messier than I anticipated it was. Ouch. We just don't know what the hundred times messier Ooh. is, guys. Ooh. So Ooh. at some point, we're going to get to the bottom of it. And it looks like, because I was, I was kind of stunned that they did what they did. And mm. I, was, I was not in agreement with you know, a consensual relationship with yeah, the staff. We were, the same. We were going, surely it must yeah. be something else. Well, we said, exactly. It's, it's so, I mean, the... Life. Then exactly. Once yeah. once we find out some more information yeah, and, okay. uh, you know, if these rumblings are true, it could be uh, much messier than than what we thought and and indeed worth a year long suspension. How's that Major League Baseball playoff race looking? My Mariners are not playing well, boys, but it's you know, I don't know how concerning it is because they've pretty much already locked up a playoff spot. So we're just playing for for seeding right now. But you have some teams that are going into the playoffs much hotter than others. And I do think once we get to this point in the season, I think that matters. How you play in late September, early October, in the last 10 or 15 games of the season, usually you can carry that momentum over. And guys, the Cleveland Guardians, the team that I told you last week was the team I wanted to play in the first round. They haven't lost since I talked to you last. So, I mean, they're playing very good baseball right now. They're the hottest team in the, in the major leagues, winning seven games in a row. Uh, but I'm still not going away from, uh, from the best teams, guys. The L.A. Dodgers uh, the, the LA Dodgers are the best team in the National League. The Houston Astros are the best team in the American League. I don't think it's particularly close, and I would call it a, a fairly good size upset if those two teams didn't meet in the World Series. Okay, well, we need your best bets. And uh, just looking in the NFL this week, so some of the, uh, I guess, closer games to watch are Baltimore, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, uh, out in the NFC West, San Francisco up against the LA Rams. Philly and Jacksonville even become an interesting game. So what do you like? Yeah, a couple. I'll save my best bet for the last. Um, I do like that Kansas City side against Tampa Bay. I think Kansas City is the better team. Uh, Tampa's really got to get in tune with those wide receivers. You're going to have to outscore Kansas City. You're not going to be able to beat Kansas City 20 to 16. I mean, you're going to have to put up 27 or 30 points to beat the Kansas City offense. I'm not sure Tom's capable of doing that right now with the complimentary cast. Uh, He has uh, Pittsburgh I like this week uh, against the Jets, minus uh, three and a half there. Uh, I do like the Bengals uh, to win this week as well and potentially cover. That was a bet that I made uh, just yesterday. But my favorite, guys, is the team we just talked about about five minutes ago. The Las Vegas Raiders should not be 0-3. And the Denver Broncos should not be two and one. <laughs> so you've got a team that is better than their record indicates against a team that is worse than their record indicates. Russell Wilson and that offense looks absolutely horrible. And he did put together a, a nice drive at the end of the game to pull it out on Sunday night football against San Francisco. But uh, uh, Denver is just not right. Give me uh, the Las Vegas Raiders getting their first win of the season, minus two in that one. Okay, yep, we've got minus two and a half there at the line. A dollar ninety with tab. Yep, take that. Okay, beauty. So Dick's best, take the Raiders, minus two and a half in the AFC West against the Denver Broncos. Mate, thank you so much. So you're catching the NRL Grand Final at all? 
seen it advertised uh, anywhere on I one have of your not, cable I will, networks. <laughs> I will look. I will look at it and find out if I can find it on one of our uh, Fox Sports channels over here. When, uh, when's the When's the date? Uh, that's Sunday night for us. So what's that Monday morning for you? That'd be no, no. Sunday, that's Saturday Sunday night. night. It'll be Sorry. Sunday early morning. Yeah, Sorry, Sunday Saturday, early morning for us. Saturday yeah. night. It's the Battle you. of the West. Oh, uh, Sunday morning. Dick, Sorry. it's it's Gosh. Penrith and Parramatta. So we're out west of, of Sydney centre. These two sides, uh, you know, they don't like each other. They're great rivals. So it's a it's a massive game. Who's the emperor rooting for? Uh, who's the emperor? Who's the emperor in this room? Clarky, that's you. Mate, please. I'm going I'm going the favourites. I'm going the Panthers. They're my Oh, premiers. sorry, the Emperor. No, the Emperor's Club. Yeah, Dennis Fitzgerald. Yes. Ah, he's yeah. he was Parramatta, yes. Is he still is he still cheer for him though? That's the question. Yes, he still cheers for them. Yep. yep. Oh, very he's, good. He's still a Parramatta man. So you're All going right, go Eels then. But Dennis is a friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. Go go Eels. There you go. The oh, Eels yeah. for Dick. Uh, mate, enjoy. Thanks so much. See you boys. Talk to you next week. Dick Fane there. Time zones. Sunday. Yeah, we got, Sunday we got there in the him. end. All right, who wins the Dally M tonight? When you look at your contenders, Nico Hines, Ben Hunt, Dylan Edwards, Tedesco, Isaiah Yo, maybe Mitch Moses, throw him as well in. Uh, so Ben Hunt led Isaiah Yo by two votes, and he led Nico Hines by three when voting went behind closed doors after round 12. Did he do enough after that period, Ben Hunt, to secure oh, the Dally M medal? Um, well, I think Yo and Edwards have had massive years, but they might have stolen points off each other, and they didn't play that final round. So that could come back to bite them. Um, did the Dragons win enough games? Did they win enough games towards the back end of the season? The Sharks certainly did with Nico Hines. Um, I think Nico might pip him. Yeah, the more I think about it, Nico, it'll be close. Mm. It'll be close. Pa- I, I, yeah, I, I think... I reckon Nico. Hmm. All right, I'll go the opposite. I'll go Ben Hunt. <laughs> yeah, I reckon, I reckon Nico had a, he had a stellar year. Sharks, I thought, did brilliant. Um, you'd like to think it's someone that's in the top... Someone's in the top four, I'd like to think. Mm. That gets well, as far into the, the So the Sharks, the everything they did towards the back end was Nico, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, he was the one that was getting them home. Mm. I don't know whether there'd be too many stealing three-pointers yeah, off, him. off him. That's exactly right. If the Sharks That's won, the he, key. He, you think when the Sharks are playing, were winning, yeah. he was he was winning the three Three points. or two points yeah. at worst one. I reckon there needs to be a rule. You've got to make the eight to qualify. Because the one thing I've always said about a team sport, the number one goal is to win the game. Yeah. So you could make 100 in cricket, mm. and if you lose, you might as well get a duck. That was the way I looked at yeah. it. So Ben Hunt for mine, who had an amazing year, love Ben Hunt, think, think he's a beauty. Unfortunately, the Dragons just weren't good enough. Yeah. Oh, so, so you reckon to win the I reckon M. to win the Dally M, your team has to mm. make the top eight. It's a team sport. It's about winning. Yeah. Individual accolades, like no good, no doesn't matter if you're the best player in the world if your team finishes last. Yeah, you can have such standouts yeah, have a good year, in an though, average team. Yeah, top eight with to qualify. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, I'm it's a, a tough, I'm a tough to judge. It's a good yeah, I'm a tough judge. To well, the other thing about the Dally M, you could play ten good games and just play ten games all year. You could play ten games all year, get three points in those ten matches, and you could win a Dally M. Turbo mm. last year yeah. to an extent. You know, and you've you've played, well, you haven't played more than half, you haven't played half the game. 
But I don't, I don't know what the, the good system is. Nah, me either. I'm just... Yeah, nah, it's, it's a good I'm just I'm just waiting for a bit of abuse back on the text message, that's oh, all. Right. <laughs> I cop it all the time. So, Loz goes hunt. We're in the Nico Hines I'm going camp. Nico, yeah. Loz's Loz. scientific explanation for going hunt was he wanted wanna, to go you against You know who us. I want to give it to? <laughs> I want to give it to Dylan Edwards. Mm. Oh, there'd be no one disappointed. Yeah. Yep, that's who I want to give it to. I would love for it to come from either Penrith or Parramatta. But I... I think they would steal votes off each other. Well, three of them as well. Mitch Moses would have stole plenty of votes as well. Mm. Yeah. Mitch is had a stellar year. If you mind yeah, but he wouldn't have stolen them off. Um, Edwards. Edwards. Well. He would, they're opposite. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, he, Mitch Moses would have um, I reckon got it, points I, for para, but I, I, I think... I don't know. Dylan Edwards might surprise us all. He might just fly home. But then Cleary's stolen votes off him. Yeah, but Cleary missed five games. Isaiah Yeo? Isaiah Yeo is probably the one. Stolen votes? Yeah. If only we could bet on it. Last night, the Opals, they beat Japan 71-54 to to finish top of their group. And Serbia did us a solid favour. They beat France 68-62. So that means that the Opals will play Belgium. In a World Cup quarterfinal tomorrow night here in Sydney. And if they win that, they'll play the winner of France v China. But the drama yesterday at the World Cup was the two Mali players who uh, had a bit of biffo. Did you see the vision, pup, of these two players? We'll just get your uh, audio sorted. <laughs> yeah, but, I, uh, I did see it. Um... A bit of a shock for everyone. Same team. Same team. So, a couple of uppercuts, a so couple of right hooks. For our listeners who didn't see it, so they're in what's called a mix zone. So it's an area where you know players just float through and get interviewed by various media uh, channels. And you know the Serbian players there, it's mid-interview, and there's some commotion about two metres away on the side of the media wall. And it's the two players from the same team. These two girls are trying to... Get some up. fists in. And uh, yeah, I don't think they've really connected, though, have they? Well, at least they're doing it in front of the media. There's no question marks around what happened. Like, normally that happens in the change room and it lingers on for about 10 years that she said this and she said that, or in my case, he said this and he said that. At least there it is, right in front of you. <laughs> what about Write look- your story and get on with it. What the look on the Serbian girl's yeah, face? So, she doesn't uh, walk away from the interview, though, to try and break it up. She just sort of puts her hand out and says, OK, can you guys stop? I'm trying to do an interview here. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, FIBA's uh, investigating the governing body of international basketball and the players have apparently apologised after that little fracas yesterday. Give us a call, 13.53.53. We'll talk plenty of racing with Adam Pengilly shortly as well. We had the Tab Epsom Barrier draw yesterday. Uh, the money was for top rank, 60 to 450. And Ice Bath, they were clearly best-backed yesterday and hinged and fangirl on the drift, a couple of the Waller runners. Uh, in the Metrop, Durston is the $3.50 favourite and best-backed. So it's also in the Bart Cummings as well. Don't know whether it'll go south and try and qualify for the Melbourne Cup in that race. Stockman was 8-7. to seven. V 11-8. Grove Ferry, 11-9. to nine. Hammer on, 51 into $15 yesterday for the Metrop. And also in Tab Everest news, Jack and O is in. And we racing in that Coolmore slot. And uh, the Mark Newnham trained ex-Hong Kong galloper, Joyful Fortune. It's come out of nowhere. It's going to race in the Aquas slot. 
So eight slots are now filled, four to go, and the, the Premier Stakes is on, on Saturday, of course, on Tab Epsom Day there at Royal Randwick. Some Melbourne Cup news, top weight Spanish Mission, third last year, now with the Peter Moody stable, of course, out due to a tendon injury. And very elegant, that news from earlier this morning. So huge controversy going on in regards to very elegant. Uh, so as it stands, she won't be racing in the Arc de Triomphe long Longchamp on Sunday, our time. As the French Racing Authority has confirmed that only 20 can run in the Arc. And, uh, well, the 11-time Group 1 winner is 22nd in the ratings, according to the French handicappers. And uh, different jurisdictions, different methods. I see a tweet here uh, saying that the British Horse Racing Authority would probably have her fourth in the uh, ratings for the race. And uh, very elegant trainer, French trainer, Francis-Henri Graffard, has tweeted there needs to be significant analysis and explanation for why it was necessary to drop very elegant ratings so dramatically and so quickly on her first two starts off a long layoff. If all horses were reassessed that quickly, racing would be very different. That sounds like a very common sense tweet. So the French and the Australians were at loggerheads at the moment. Now hopefully we can get very early get into that field just through attrition. Now I know all the connections, etc. are flying over there for that. But uh, as it stands, she won't be racing on Sunday. So Adam Pengilly and uh, Brad Davison, no doubt, will talk about that with him. But uh, joining us on the line, we've got Chris. G'day, Chris. How are you? G'day, guys. Clarky, I think you're a bit harsh with this. You've got to make the finals. Yeah, I think I probably am as well. Look at look at the <laughs> Brownlow this year. Patrick Cripps, yeah. Carlton. Yeah. We had uh, the Swannies. Their best ever player was Bobby Skilton back in the 50s and 60s. He won three Brownlow medals. <sighs> and yet the Swans or the South Melbourne at the time, they never made the eight yeah, in okay. any of those years. Just oh, thinking yeah. about it, though, yeah. Chris, when, when Clarkie mentioned it, uh, what, what about if you went with um, the, the club's player of the year and they go into the pot and then you have a panel that decides the player of the year? Oh, that'd be okay, yeah. Because sometimes the Dally M player doesn't win the club's yeah. player of the year, do, uh, do they? Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind if Ben Hunt wins it. I mean, he's had a great... Oh, he's had a great season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Harsh is just being a bit harsh. Uh, Clark is being a bit harsh. Uh, yeah, Clark. Yeah. Mate, no, I'm with you. I agree. I think I'm being very harsh. I just thought I'd throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Quick thing. One is, um, you mentioned this volcano, Clarky, at, uh, regarding Brown at... Um, uh, regarding, sorry, um, yeah, the Parramatta situation at the mm. moment with Nathan Brown. I don't think this is a volcano at all. I mean... I, I don't know what else he's got to do, the coach, Brad Arthur. He came out yesterday and called it BS. Yep. I mean, he's been injured for a lot of the year with an ankle and then a broken hand he, or a broken finger. Mm. Um, this is all crap again. All we're hearing is garbage, you know, like like his son had to come out and defend him yesterday. The carve-up continues, and I'm thinking to myself, whatever they're saying about him losing the room and the, mm. a divisive club, it is crap because how how could they possibly get into a grand final? He's not talking to the players. No, I agree with you, Chris. My, the volcano I I'm talking about is actually Brad Arthur cracking it and exploding because he he's getting people are just taking pot shots at him for no reason. He's done unbelievable. He's got his team to the grand final and he's got so much criticism. And I was saying the icing on the cake. He even has to come out yesterday and justify that there's no. You know, there's no beef. 
with a you know with a teammate. Yeah. I, I just I feel like I don't know what it is. There's a hidden agenda or there's something around Brad Arthur where just cheap shots. The whole year he's copped it. His team's in the grand final and he's still It's probably galvanized them to be perfect. Probably. Honest. But mate, if you're Brad Arthur them, Oh yeah, mate, you want to come out how and spray frustrated people, and angry. Yeah. And and you know what? This will I think if Pen if Parry go on and win, it'll show the class of the man as well because he won't come out and say stick that up you and jam that to all the no. like he'll probably just stay quiet. He's just he's done everything he can do. That's Brad the best Arthur. advice you'd give, Brad. Yeah, for sure. No, you don't have to say anything. It's not what you say. It's, it's what you do. It's on the scoreboard. Exactly right. Yeah, and I think I your, think he deserves credit for how he's handled so much criticism. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I I think he's done a uh, fine job. Uh, he's got them now through to a grand final, and this is an opportunity they can't waste. But you're coming up against a team who could go down as one of the great teams of the modern era. Good on on you, Chris. Thanks for the call, Joe. Morning, Joe. Good morning, fellas. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Uh, I reckon it's about Michelle Mitchell last week, and yeah. I got a bit of a negative from Laurie in that. The one thing I want to say about Michelle Mitchell, he's the most naturally gifted footballer in the competition, no doubt. Things he can do, nobody can do. Yeah. If South Sydney want to win a comp, they can't play the fullback. Fullback these days in the modern game, it's got to be a 100% effort player the whole 80 minutes. You can't have somebody floating in and out. He would be absolute dynamite in the centres, where he should be playing, where he'll play for Australia, where he plays State of Origin. If, if the coach wants to keep his reputation, I'd be playing him at centre next year. The other thing is, I think Parramatta have played their grand final last week. I think Penrith will win quite easily. Um, mm. Through... Once again, 100% effort from every player, every minute of the game. Just too good. Well, they're a very good footy side, Joe. Um, and I take your point on Luttrell. Um, I think we both agree that he could uh, do a little bit more in games, but there's things that other players can't do that, that he has in his arsenal. Um, with Penrith, they are a team. They're a machine. Uh, they know their system so well. They work hard. Um, Parramatta, did they play their game last weekend, um, I, I don't know whether they did. I, I don't think they played well last week, Parra. I, I think, if anything, the heat might have affected them towards the back end of the game, and they just did that on guts to hang in. I'm expecting a lot better Parramatta team this weekend, um, but we'll find out. I, I, I think we'll find out how much the negativity will galvanise this Parramatta side and we'll find how how much the Panthers want to create a massive destiny and be spoken about as one of the great teams because I think that'll be motivating them as well. You know, they're on the verge of going back-to-back, um, you know, three grand finals in a row, all the other clubs um, that represented Penrith in the, in the you know, Harold Matts and SG Balls and reserve grade competition, the New South Wales Cup competition, they're of all one. Um, so this just solidifies them as a, a wonderful club if they can win on Sunday. The Racing League is off to a fly with 14 wins from 12 runners to the track across the three eastern states. And it's, it's an extraordinary strike rate. Now you can join the fun. TRL is giving you the chance to win four VIP tickets to the Moet and Shandong Garden for Epsom Day at Royal Randwick this Saturday, plus $500 cash, 
Plus, there's two NRL Grand Final tickets up for grabs. So don't miss out as entries close this Thursday, 5pm, and entry is free. Just go to trl.net forward slash Epsom. That's trl.net forward slash Epsom. AFSL license 223671. Adam Pengilly from the Sydney Morning Herald. Good morning to you. Morning, Mido. Morning, boys. And I think Dick's told his story before, Jerry, but where's the connection between Dick Fane and, and the Emperor? Uh, I think when he came out here, he must have spent a bit of time with Parramatta. Yeah. And Dennis was in charge of Parramatta then. I th- I'm assuming that's how the association started. He did tell us once. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's the reason, Adam. It's a strange well, one, just, isn't just, it? Oh, it's a, like, who, who could have picked that? Dick Fane and Dennis Fitzgerald just chewing <laughs> the fat at Parramatta Stadium back in the day. Uh, anyway, let's talk some racing. And uh, firstly, Tab Everest news yesterday. So we're down to four slots remaining after Jack and Owen. Joyful fortune. This came out of nowhere for Aquas. Yeah, this field's starting to take shape, isn't it, Jared? Uh, no surprises really with Jack and Owen. He was great winning the Golden Rose there on the weekend. Coolmore pounced very quickly in negotiations in the 48 hours after that Golden Rose and managed to steal the deal given they... Bred the horse uh, in his younger days, obviously. He adds some interest to the race, doesn't he, Jared? Given he's a three-year-old, uh, probably a very similar profile to a horse like Yes, 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 who won the race a few years ago. Bit of a question mark for mine whether he's sharp enough to match it with a horse like Nature Strip and Eduardo over six furlongs, but no doubt he's a horse who's still got plenty of upside. So I think it's a really smart call and joyful fortune. Where'd this come from? Um, only the one start in Australia, Exxon Kong Galloper. He won a, a benchmark 70, I think, down at Flemington there. He's only Australian start so far on a, on a waterlogged track by a big margin. But Aquas are thinking outside the box, and they might have to, to be honest, given the fact I've been speaking about it for a few, few weeks now. Not a whole lot of depth in our sprinting ranks at the, sprint, sprinting ranks at the moment at that top level. So uh, it might be an inspired choice. We'll have to see how it plays out. But, yep, but only a few more slots to fill now to have that field of 12 finally completed. So what have we got? The Epsom barrier draw today, and Benno's out of the Metropolitan. Yeah, Epsom Barrier draws yesterday. Oh, yesterday, uh, sorry. Yep, so that's finalised. Um, obviously, a lot of the... Well, it's only a small field. That's the one thing I want to bring up this morning, yeah. boys. We're used to having a Doncaster and Epsom with these really big fields, capacity field of 20. But this year for the Epsom, only only 12 runners, which is a little bit curious, I must admit. But I suppose the Barrier draw probably won't mean as much, I think, with a, with a smaller field. But most of those fancy horses drew pretty well. Uh, Fangirl in five, Ice Bath in seven, obviously. Hinge will be on pace there, someone from Barrier 9. And top ranks, the horse I've got a huge opinion of, has drawn softly in Barrier 4. So I think this race is going to depend a lot on track conditions uh, and how the weather is playing in the lead-up to Saturday. So we'll get a bit more of a gauge on that closer to race day. We're expecting plenty of rain too, aren't we, in the next few days? Yeah, yeah, plenty of rain lodge. And just quickly on Benno as well, what tragic news yesterday from oh. John O'Shea. He was inadvertently treated with some medication that had a, uh, would, have mean, would mean the withholding period wouldn't have been out of his system by Saturday. So... He's been withdrawn from the Metropolitan, which is a, a crying shame given he's had his hoof on the teal all campaign. That was the race that I think John is sort of targeting match for the initial part of the, the spring. But unfortunately, we won't see him there on the weekend. Hugh Bowman's probably pretty happy he declined the ride on Very Elegant at the moment. Now, this is just a farce. What is going on with the French handicappers, Adam? Yeah, Jared, huge story, isn't it? Massive news. Obviously, the, the connections have been trying to target Very Elegant for this, uh, the, the race in the Arc de Triomphe, and she's in tw- 22nd in the order of entry at the moment. She needs a couple of horses to drop out to gain a start, and She's just disappointing, isn't it? I know Brace Sikolsky, the uh, senior part owner, has made some noise in the last 24 hours. Her trainer over there in France has put out a tweet. I think you read out a little bit earlier, mm. Jared, saying that horses are getting re-handicapped far too quickly in France. I'm a believer that we probably should re-handicap horses a little bit faster in Australia, but in this case, it's worked against very elegant. So 
I don't know how this plays out now. It'd be such a shame if it doesn't get a start in the race, given that everything's been geared towards this race. Do you see the late entry fee, Jared? What they're going to pay? Is it 120,000 euro, euro or euro, something? Euro, yeah. yeah. Almost 200,000 Australian oh. dollars. It's just a late entry fee to get into the race. Um, it's crazy money, isn't it? So, yeah, they pay up that and don't get a start. Jeez, that's going to hurt, isn't it? So, we'll wait and see how it plays out, but fingers crossed. Something can happen so you can force their way into the field. Lozer asked me yesterday, just with ratings and that, I, I guess it's it's just at each jurisdiction's discretion, isn't it? So, for instance, for the Melbourne Cup, Racing Victoria, they employ Greg Carpenter. I know he's leaving uh, to go to Hong Kong, and and he has his own system. Is, is that how it works? Or and like derives, I guess, all sorts of ratings and international ratings, etc.? Yeah, pretty much the ratings, Jared, will be a differ slightly from state to state. Yep. It's pretty much a general principle, but they can be very slightly. But one of the main gripes from a lot of trainers and connections is that, you know, for a win, they race horses very quickly in the ratings. But if they've been out of form for a while, it takes them a number of runs to start coming back down in the ratings. So mm. that's always been a common uh, common complaint from a lot of connections. But yeah, they try and get some sort of uniformity across the board, but that does vary slightly from yep. state to state. And Spanish missions out of the Melbourne Cup. That's a blow for Peter Moody. Well, nothing's gone right for this horse, has it, Jared, since last year's Melbourne Cup. He was great running third behind, very early and incentivised last year. The connections, including Brace Sikorsky and that Australian ownership group, pounced and bought him to race him in Australia on a permanent basis. But he hasn't, hasn't really fronted up since then, has he? So he's out of the Melbourne Cup this year with his tendon injury. I dare say his career's probably in some sort of doubt. He'll be off the scene for a long time. I think the best possible scenario is he's back at the races at some stage next spring. What's your best today, mate? Yeah, I like one at Rose Hill today, late in the day, Loz. Uh, race six, number 14, Stray. She was enormous first up there, uh, coming from back in the field. Her run just peaked in the last 100 metres, so soft gate today from barrier one. I know her winning strike rate's not great, one from 12, but she's running a lot of stakes races so far in her career. Back to her midweeks, looks a really suitable race. And I think she'll start shorter than her current price today. Race six, number 14, Stray, the best on the program. $3.60 with tab for everyone uh, at the Big Sports Breakfast Grand Final lunch today. By race six, if we're struggling, maybe Pengilly can steer us into something there with Stray. Now, uh, I've noted your article in the City Morning Herald today. You've written about the draw, which is, uh, well, you know, a few probably a few weeks from being confirmed, but uh, some details starting to come out. Uh, so the Friday 6 p.m. game, you're writing that that is under threat or at least there'll be less of them, particularly around the origin period and there'll be an extra game on Sunday going forward? Yeah, got to stress, Jared. that's not going to be completely wiped. There's still going to be a lot of Friday 6 p.m. games but the NRL will be reducing the amount of them next year under the schedule as it stands at the moment. A lot of those will be around that state of origin period. So in the round after the origin matches, there won't be those Friday 6 p.m. games, an extra game on Sunday night. And they're going to look at this to maybe even increase or expand the proposal to have less Friday 6 p.m. games in, in coming years. I don't know what you guys think, but I, from a fan point of view, trying to get to the game on a Friday at 6 p.m., especially in Sydney or Brisbane, you know, it's a nightmare sometimes. You know, I suppose it probably works on TV, but I'd probably prefer a Sunday night game, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I agree. I'd rather Sunday night. I, I like Monday. I love Monday. Oh, well, we all want Monday, mm. but the clubs will, won't no, let no, it No, well, no one goes to the games on a yeah. Monday night. Rates through the roof. But Betting turnover's great huge. Great watching on a yeah, Monday If you go on to the game, yeah. just play at midday so you miss peak hour both sides. Yeah. <laughs> Morning peak hour, end school zone, and afternoon school zone mm. peak hour. What about a 12-2 and a 4 on a Sunday? Like, I, yeah. I, I love them. Afternoon. Long Sunday. afternoon. Wouldn't yeah. rate loss. Yeah, that, that, broadcasters. Mate, we're not making decisions about rating. <laughs> well, we're making decisions based on what's nice for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the six o'clock game is not good. 
Nah. Not nah. for anyone. Not for early risers. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> well, actually, I, I just, I've, I've had an hour's <laughs> sleep at that time. <laughs> is there some self-interest here, Loz? Because you've got to do the Matty John show. Yeah, know? yeah, it is self-interest. <laughs> <laughs> on a Sunday night. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> not good. <laughs> not good on a Thursday night. Yeah. Not good on a Monday oh. if it goes late. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. See you, boys. Have a good day.